Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number. 855-450-3733. That's the number you can call if you'd like to get on the air with us across the Fruited Plain. The us in studios, myself, Chris. And I'm Ian. And I'm the nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. And we're going to lead off with the IRS because, you know, those are about my favorite initials said no one ever. Yep. You just mentioned the IRS and all of a sudden the first statement I have to censor immediately pops into my head. (laughs) (laughs) It was a a self-contained dump butt. May the fleas of a thousand camels find their tents. There we go. Uh, Well, according to Forbes.com, IRS follows Bitcoin transactions, resulting in takedown of the largest child exploitation site on the web. Mm. So let's see what happens. Uh, The largest dark web, dark web child pornography site in the world has been taken down. That was a word today from U.S. Attorney's Office uh, for the District of Columbia, the Justice Department's Criminal Division, the IRS's Criminal Investigative Unit, uh, IRS-CI, and the U.S. Immigrations and Custom Enforcement's Homeland Security Investigations, together with the National Crime Agency for the United Kingdom and Republic of Korea, at a joint press conference announcing arrests and forfeitures. It sure seems like everybody wanted in on this story. Every law enforcement agency wants to be part of it. According to the IRSCI... Well, the good news is people are actually getting hurt in the production of this stuff, so it's yes. not. It's better than spending their time on drugs. That's true. According to the IRS-CI, agents became aware of, quote, Welcome to video, unquote, the largest child sexual exploitation market by volumes of content because of their work on previous dark web marketplaces. The dark web, also referred to as darknet, refers to content you can't typically access through a regular internet, through uh, regular internet browsing activities. IRS-CI. Well, it's not that you can't typically access it. You can't access it through your regular internet browser. You have to have a special browser called the Tor browser, yep. uh, which creates an active connection to the Tor network, which stands for the Onion Router. And the idea is they layer, uh, they send your internet packets through different layers of uh, security, essentially mm-hmm. different computers at different points uh, on the internet. I don't exactly know how it works. Uh, but they have managed to de-anonymize some of the sites on on tour over time, so it's not real clear exactly how anonymous it truly is. Yeah, the, it was also developed by the U.S. Navy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the idea of tour is also that it bounces your request around between different servers. It's not a straight path from your computer right. to a website. You're going to uh, transit a number of. Which which is true. Um, I think what the Tor developers underestimated is the amount of surveillance that exists on the internet. So basically, what they can do is say, "Okay, this guy is sending packets to somebody on Tor, and right. every time he sends a packet, the host that he sends it to sends it to this other site." So by watching that pattern, sure. they can say, "Okay, he's almost certainly." attaching to that site because there's a one-to-one correspondence between 
uh, between packets. And that's that's problematical even without uh, compromised Tor nodes, which may well exist. Right. We don't really know for sure. Uh, IRSCI was able to trace Bitcoin transactions on the site to people all over the world who were uploading and downloading this material, as well as find the location of the site administrator. By analyzing the blockchain and de-anonymizing Bitcoin transactions, the agency was able to identify hundreds of predators around the world, even though those users thought they could remain anonymous. So this is interesting. They are claiming that um, the IRS was able to de-anonymize Bitcoin transactions. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. Is Bitcoin now wide open? Uh, The IRS can see everybody's activities at any moment. Well, Bitcoin's been wide open. It's a public blockchain. Anyone who wants to can go and look. And a lot of people think it's anonymous, and it's not. It is mm-hmm. it is what they've always referred to at at best as pseudo anonymous. There is no master mm-hmm. list of Bitcoin addresses corresponding to people's names. And and even that it it's not quite accurate to say pseudo anonymous which means uh which as a, as a prefix pseudo would mean almost it's appropriate to say it's pseudonymous which means you're using a pseudonym when you're interacting with this thing, but there is an identifier, and that identifier is your address. So they just don't know who that address is attached to in theory. Unless but you if, announce it. Unless you announce right. it, or you're operating a hot dog stand, and somebody walks up and sends you some Bitcoin, and they say, oh, where'd that Bitcoin go? Oh, it went to the same place that the... Uh, that uh, somebody that this or this that or the other thing was bought. Well, then they know who that is, and that is the bulk of the effort. The uh, by companies like Coin Analysis that are working on uh, creating finding correlations between transactions and someone's known Bitcoin address that they must have published at some point. Uh, if it remains completely anonymous, I mean. And this is where it's going to get really gray where the stuff they can do. I mean, I purchased money on a Coinbase account. Well, that Bitcoin is definitely traced to me. And Mm -hmm. I withdrew some uh, Bitcoin from my Coinbase account. They know exactly what Bitcoin that is. But after that, they don't know where you're sending it to. Necessarily. Well, by address, they do. They don't know who owns the addresses you send it to. Correct. Necessarily. It could be you. It could be somebody else. Right. Um, But suffice to say, I think it's safe to say that if whatever level of anonymity you feel you've had with Bitcoin, I would not feel that way about Bitcoin or most other cryptocurrencies at all. Uh, It's going to be, it might be tougher for law enforcement to identify the path or what you purchased or whether you got it or anything like that. But I don't know that I would necessarily describe it as, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a safe way to transact regardless of what you're buying, whether you're buying, you know, sneakers from Japan or whether you're buying, you know, or rock crack. Well, the thing is it is safe to buy sneakers from Japan with Bitcoin because there's no law against buying (laughs) sneakers from Japan. Um, so, you know, unless you don't want your wife to find out that you've got a Japanese foot fetish, it's all good. Um, you know, and 
the thing that the thing that Bitcoin does do is it makes it more difficult to trace. So you'll notice that they're only taking down like the biggest fish in the pond. Right. They're only taking down like I think it's going to be a long, long time before they get to the uh, the dark website that only sells cannabis. Because they're busy with bigger fish. Right, right, right. You know. And, and First thing I would do if I was running a dark website is, well, of course, make sure there's no uh, no kitty porn or anything on it, but also get rid of the fraud stuff. Mm, sure. Because that's causing people to actually get hurt. The, the other thing that could, this could all stem from, regardless of how many government agencies, you know, claim to have been part of this, they could have busted one guy in his house who happened to be on the dark web. They could have attacked one guy's door, knocked it down, and before he could, you know, close Tor browser, they would have had it right there. Here's the site he was connected to. It, it, it's not the, always Well, they know that, the site that he's connected to, but because they use Onion addresses, they don't necessarily know where that site is or who, to whom it belongs. No, but they would have a lot of clues. Uh, they would have a place to start. Well, they took they down this site, They would definitely have a place right. to start. But the thing is, they don't need to kick down somebody's door to do that because somebody has to be going on the web, uh, on the dark web and finding this stuff through searches, through something like that. So there's all kinds of way to f- ways to find out where the server is. And if there I- aren't ways to find out how to get to the uh, server, then the, the server doesn't have any customers. Indeed. 855-450-FREE. What do you think about Bitcoin playing a part in government raids on huge marketplaces, even though they sell illegal and immoral and disgusting stuff. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number, 855-450-3733. That's how you can get in touch with us and let us know what's on your mind. You can also use Discord. Discord is a very cool app. Just load the Discord client. You can get it in the App Store or you can find it for almost any platform. Connect, use your high-speed internet connection and your quality microphone, and you will sound like you are right here in the studio with us. And again, in the studio, it's myself, Chris. It's Ian. And nobody. And I wanted to tell you about local.bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin Cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. That's local.bitcoin.com. And we have been talking about the IRS's takedown, and there were a lot of federal agencies and a lot of countries, we'll we'll hear about those too, involved in this takedown of the largest dark web child pornography site in the world, and I think they said by the amount of content that is out there on, there was on the uh, website out there, um, they claimed that they were de-anonymizing 
Bitcoin transactions, and I question some of their, some of how they phrase some of this stuff. Uh, it's don't take away from this story the idea that Bitcoin is broken, that the IRS has hacked Bitcoin and can now do whatever they want. They're Bitcoin, just using the system. I mean, they're yeah. they're, they're following. Um, presumably this site, I mean, I have not read this story, but they must have had some sort of a donation address and were taking donations. And then they look to see, well, who sent donations to this publicly listed address? And they don't know who at first glance, but if they keep digging and digging and digging and tracing and tracing, they may be able to learn something. Now, well, now the thing get that into I'm it. not necessarily clear on is, let's say... When you show your QR code for for donations, mm-hmm. like you oh, do guys, on Elect Nobody, hold, hold right? On. It's like not, I do it's on. It's not about donations. They were able to purchase. They had a full. Okay, they were system. making purchases. It oh, doesn't really? matter. Right. They were oh, had wow. a full escrow system. Yeah, yeah. Um, but either way, why would there be an escrow? So it was like they were buying pornography from this. this I believe there's really so the, nothing to escrow. The story will tell. Yeah, it. that's what's confusing to me. Yeah, well, I mean, it says that in the story there was an escrow. Yes. Huh. Okay. Maybe they were buy, buying and selling packets of pictures, but yeah, that's I mean, kind of weird can... because escrow usually means that you're sending them some kind of goods. Right, and we don't know. I hope we don't. Oh, know maybe how they this were was. using escrows for people uploading images. In any way, we'll get into it in the story. Okay, huh. but I'm not going to dig through the whole story that's fine. to find it. We'll get to it. Um, but that's what they were doing, mm-hmm. um, and that's how they claim to. When users would sign up for the site, they would create an account, which would create a Bitcoin address for them. Oh, so it wasn't the same address. It was a different one for every user. They had a, like a proprietary wallet. So yeah. how would it, okay, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to know how they did this. This is, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I wish I could go look at the site. I mean, with <laughs> the images replaced, just so I could see technically how the freaking thing works. Because, yeah, I don't understand the uh, the concept. But there are weird things. Like I paid for my Proton Mail last night uh, using Bitcoin. And uh, so the, write that down, IRS. Um, so the uh, so the um, they like waited before there uh, until there were like uh, five or ten confirmations before sure. I could complete it. And I'm thinking, well, this is a website. You can cut me off in an hour and a half. Why mm. bother do, doing that? So somebody might have put in a completely useless and unnecessary escrow, escrow system. system. Yeah. <laughs> right. But the point is, is they were you could purchase access to these videos for some period of time. That's right. covered That's, in the story. Okay. All right. Um, the IRS was able to trace transactions to the site to people all over the world who were uploading and downloading this material as well as find the location of the site administrator. By analyzing blockchain and de-anonymizing Bitcoin transactions, the agency was able to uh, identify hundreds of predators around the world. As a result of the investigation, Jong Woo Sun, 23, of South Korean National, was indicted by a federal grand jury in the District of Columbia for operating the site. Uh, son now, this who, is John Woo, the director, his son? John Woo Sun. Uh... No, the name is John Woo Sun. Sun. Oh, okay, groovy. Sun has also been charged and convicted in South Korea and is currently in custody in South Korea. He's the already operate- been convicted in South Korea. 
He's already yep. been charged and convicted in South Korea. So it sounds like they busted him, and now they're using infor- maybe information they got from him to clean up the users of the site? Hard to tell. Because it takes a while to convict somebody. They didn't, like, arrest well, him three days ago. We don't know about South Korea. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, well, South Korea isn't North Korea, so I'm assuming, I mean, you can't convict anybody anywhere in three days. Well, we That's not enough time to was. develop a defense. We don't know how long ago this was. I see a right. date here of March 5th of 2018, but I don't know what that's. See, that seems reasonable. Uh, somewhere between six months and a year and a half, or unless they cut a deal. The operation resulted in the seizure of approximately 7.5 terabytes of child pornography, videos, and the largest of its kind. That's more wow. than 10,000 CDs full of imagery that are no longer in the hands of child pornographers. The images, which have. Well, that's not true. Which are being analyzed <laughs> yeah. by the National Center for they Business They now have copies of all this stuff. children. <laughs> yeah, it, it, Chris, it's, uh, the, the story's not quite correct here. If they've taken down the site, that doesn't mean that the images are no longer in the hands of uh, you know people who are into this. They still have them unless they busted every single user of the site who has downloaded those things. Right, and that was what I picked up on going through this story. Almost everything they talk about, it's almost correct statement, mm. but not mm. quite a correct statement or the, some implication. And the depressing thing is, as a programmer, that's generally my reaction to any story on technical issues. It's like they simplify it until it's almost incomprehensible. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the images, which are being analyzed by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, uh, contained over 250,000 unique videos. 45% of the videos contained images that have not been previously known to exist. According to the indictment mm-hmm. on March 5th, 2018, that's, that's almost a year ago, agents from the IRSCI, HSI, National Crime Agency in the United Kingdom, and Korean National Police in South Korea arrested Sun and seized the server that he used to operate a darknet market which advertised child sexual exploitation videos. The site Welcome to Video offered these videos for sale using the cryptocurrency Bitcoin. The site boasted over 1 million downloads of child exploitation videos by users. I say it's a good thing they got it down. Uh, Typically, these things usually involve the Cops or the feds looking at the material and keeping the site back up. I'm glad it's down. 855-450. Anarchapulco is the world's foremost conference for voluntarist thinkers and activists held in beautiful Acapulco, Mexico. Share ideas on how to live free and escape the clutches of the state. Their unparalleled lineup of speakers will discuss entrepreneurship, investments, politics, philosophy, health, sustainability, lifestyles, and personal relationships. Stay in a world-class resort and enjoy the sun and beaches February the 13th through the 16th, visit anarchapulco.com for early bird pricing and 10% off with coupon code FTL. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number, 855 855- Four five zero three seven three three. That's the number you call to get on the air. But first, I wanted to tell you. Actually, I just want to ask you a question. Where do you want to be in late February? How about a Narcapulco with? Get a list of this list of people is amazing. Ron Paul, John McAfee, 
Sherry Peel Jackson, Doug Casey, Freeway, Rick Ross, Dell Bigtree, Jeff Berwick, Larkin Rose, James Corbett, Jeffrey Tucker, Benny Wills, Paul Rosenberg, Luke Rakowski, Dale Brown, James True, Michael Bowman, Lily Forrester, Piazza Nako Sif, and us. Free Talk Live will be there. Anarchopulco is the world's foremost conference on voluntarist thinkers and activists held in beautiful Anarchopulco, Mexico. Share ideas on how to live free and escape the clutches of the state and central banks. Their un- this unparalleled lineup of speakers will discuss entrepreneurship, investments, politics, philosophy, health, sustainability, lifestyles, and personal relationships. Enjoy four days among the sun and beaches of a world-class resort, February 13th to They've 16th. They've got beautiful beaches down there. Nice. Visit anarchapulco.com for early bird pricing and 10% off with the promo code FTL. That's anarchapulco.com, promo code FTL. So, Ian, how many of us... Uh, Free Talk Live hosts, are you uh, allotted to bring with you? I'm guessing it's <laughs> probably be... just Mark and I would be my guess, but we actually haven't even finished the deal with them yet, so it's hard to say. Gotcha. Well, nobody would love to go if you can work something out. Yeah, <laughs> it's an expensive uh, event for them to put on. They, they, you know, they basically rent out an entire resort. I understand. So, how much they don't it, pay us to go there. How much does it cost? I don't know. A lot of money. I we, mean, how much does it cost somebody who, who attends? I think you can go to narcopocal.com and but don't forget to use the uh, coupon code FTL mm-hmm. to save 10% on that. Offhand, I haven't looked yet this year, but last year it was a few hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah. For a lot of people, it's the travel. and. Well, and, I think there's probably going to be a GoFundMe to try and send <laughs> nobody to this thing because <laughs> nobody should go to Narcopoco. Absolutely. Uh, We're reading this story about the IRS and a bunch of government agencies and a bunch of international agencies involved in the takedown of what they're describing as the largest, at least by volume, uh, kiddie porn web server on the dark net. And that's not something you're going to trip over while you're Googling around, checking out stuff. It's you have to use special software. You have to kind of know what you're doing to find the dark web and to get around. But it has been taken down and it has been seized. Uh, they have a note up on there that says, Welcome to Video. That's the dark web website in question. This hidden site has been seized as part of law enforcement operations, and it lists all the different jurisdictions involved. The complaint alleges that law enforcement was able to trace payments of Bitcoin to the Darknet site by following the flow of funds on the blockchain. It doesn't really allege that. It just says it. Yeah. (laughs) You guys can listen carefully because a lot of your questions are, well, more will come up. The virtual currencies account, uh, virtual currency accounts identified in the complaint were allegedly used by 24 individuals in five countries to fund the website and promote the exploitation of children. It's not a very big bust. 24? That's all? And this is the biggest uh, site of this type on the dark web? Wow. They may 
the story makes it sound like, oh my God, this vast uh, conspiracy of Bitcoin, and it would yeah, I was imagining for... hundreds of users. Well, now right? earlier, well, earlier in the story, doesn't it reference hundreds of people in the U.S.? Yeah. It says here. 337 site users residing in 23 states and then they go on to rattle off some more countries uh so i did, maybe those are just leads maybe they didn't actually arrest those people uh, it's not clear but it's, even still or maybe the 24 are founding members or something or yeah, donors yeah i think they de-anonymized 24 people through blockchain analysis and through mm-hmm. seizure keep in mind they had the server they found 20 they were able to identify by name 24 people and they probably were able to uh you know connect other people in other ways but literally the part that deals with bitcoin and its blockchain was allegedly used by 24 individuals so uh, again what i don't understand is how they found the site in the first place so i understand that they can find you know if they have the site they then have the database of all the different uh bitcoin addresses that the site was using to give out to its users to to send funds to mm-hmm. so how did they track down this guy or was it a couple of guys i forget who it was you but the, know, the south korean the south, south korean, korean guy uh, how did they track him down in the first place? Did they send funds to, like, did the FBI or IRS, I guess in this case, create an account on the site, then send Bitcoin to that account, then watch what happened to the Bitcoin that they sent and mm-hmm. see what the site owner did with that Bitcoin and somehow, you know, somehow de-anonymize him from maybe he went and, you know, went to Purse or something like that, saveitpurse.com and you know, bought something with it at some point. I, mm-hmm. I, I guess it's not clear and maybe we'd have to pull up the actual you indictment. You could also get an account on the site and then try to sell the guy something for Bitcoin, and in which him. case he's going to send you Bitcoin and you can look to where it's coming mm-hmm. from. That's possible. Um, yeah, it could be. I, I think the IRS in putting together the press release that led to this story wants everybody who reads this story to come away with this. First of all, child pornography is horrific. That's that's a given. Yeah. But I think they want to tell everyone who reads this, your Bitcoin transactions can be tracked by us at any moment. I think They'd like they are that, yeah. they are liking people to believe mm-hmm. that, and I think well, that's unless their you goal. have a, a lot of technical knowledge, I think that's a good assumption to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 think about that before you, you know when you the thing the thing that I my rule of thumb is I I don't spend bitcoins on on things I'd be ashamed of yeah. because I can cope with arrest, but I don't like embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and the uh, law enforcement has famously said a few times, you know, we wish all criminals would just use Bitcoin because there's a trail. It's it's the blockchain and, and it mm. allows you to see every transaction in real time, actually, not too long of a delay. And um, this is where the 10 minute um, block time uh, is really a problem because it makes it difficult to do solutions where you, for example, generate a temporary wallet, send Bitcoin to it, send Bitcoin somewhere else, and then delete the wallet. You can do things like that in the style of anonymous remailers, but it's going to take a long time to get your confirmations. Gotcha. Um, an unsealed forfeiture complaint seeks... The recovery of these funds as part of an effort to assist victims of the crime. Talking about uh, recovering all Bitcoin that was 
in use. In addition to arrests and seizures, the operation is also responsible for the rescue of at least 23 minor victims residing in the United States, Spain, and the United Kingdom who were being actively abused by the users of the site. Quote, children around the world are safer of the actions because of the actions taken by the U.S. and foreign law enforcement to prosecute this case and recover funds for victims, said U.S. Attorney Jesse K. Liu. Quote, we will continue to put criminals on and off the dark net into, uh, in the United States and to ensure that they receive the punishment these terrible crimes deserve, unquote. See, what I infer from that is basically there were, because the site required that you build uh, points, as I understand it, by making uploads. And if people were really abusing kids in order to make those uploads, and it turns out that the FBI was operating the site at the time, that's a big deal. I'm really curious what happened there. We'll see how much the story, how much detail that gets into. They don't always go into a lot. 855-453. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, 855-453, that's our toll-free number, 855-450-3733. I wanted to tell you about, man, I'm sorry, I'm just looking for my copy. Balance of Nature, good nutrition is, is the key to looking and feeling great. However, eating right all the time can be a challenge. Travel and work schedules can get in the way. Or you may not have the desire or time to shop and cook the right foods. Balance of Nature has the solution. With just three of the Balance of Nature fruit capsules and three of their vegetable capsules, you get 10 servings of fruits and vegetables, and that is a lot of nutrition. For a limited time, you can get free shipping plus a free set of fruits and veggies. Go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code FTL. That's discount code FTL when you go to balanceofnature.com. We have been discussing this takedown of what is reportedly the largest dark web website that's all about and that was all about exploiting children. Well, the current largest website they've taken down other sites before including one uh that they ran for a couple of weeks that was pigpen uh playpen that's what it was yeah and uh during that time frame they distributed i don't know what the amount of tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of images and videos Mm. uh they allowed those things to be distributed under their watch yep so the question is did they do that in this instance that's not clear yeah, didn't and, say that. And kitty porn is is actually a it's it's an interesting topic because on the one hand I can't say it necessarily violates the nap to have a piece That's of the data non-aggression, on your the uh, non-aggression principle. The non-aggression okay. principle. It's not aggression to have an image on your hard drive. Nope. Uh but at the same time, you know, it's one of those cases where it's like well, I'm not really interested in defending uh well basically the thing is it making those images is a crime. Right. You know, and a violation and is it, it is aggression. I mean it depends. Generally. So if uh the image is made by the threat of violence, 
then that would be an, uh, an obvious violation of the non-aggression principle. If, on the other mm-hmm. hand, the image is made by, say, two teenagers who are consensually having uh, sexual relations with one another and they take a photograph mm-hmm. or a video of it, right. where's the crime there? Yeah, that's yeah. definitely true. And there, and these laws have also horribly victimized some people. For example, a girl who took a selfie of herself that too. performing right. an, uh, uh, a sex act and sent it to her friends and then got arrested for child pornography. Right. So, it happens. You know, this is what happens when your protectors are very, very stupid. Right. Um, yeah. And that's a long way away from somebody who's, like, got a kid tied up in shackles in the basement. Exactly, right? exactly. So it's it, it's really a, a complex issue, Um it is, and it's a it's a law that gets used, and you guys pointed out some of the most ridiculous cases of it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, a sixteen year old girl goes to jail because she took a selfie and mm-hmm. showed it to her seventeen year old boyfriend, or things right. like that. It's it's insane. Um, I think most people, man, you can't even say this. How how can I put this? It's like you can't I I don't know exactly what child pornography is but I'd know it when I saw it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't say that because god forbid now they'll be knocking on my door. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, you but, can't see it, but the police they can see it. They can see it and and it's sometimes it's well, more You got to wonder about the people who take those jobs also. Yeah. I mean, right. how many people go into the FBI and concentrate in this area because that stuff turns them on. Right. It's gonna, it, that's it's, the safest way to look at it. It's like the people who become cops because they like beating the hell out of people. Right. Um, and and certainly there are some people like that. I mean, um, that, that happens in police, and that's why people get shot by police. Sometimes people just like to shoot people. Right. This would not be any different. Um, this is, is an interesting story uh, that goes on, quote, through the sophisticated tracing of Bitcoin transaction, IRSCI, Special agents were able to determine the location of the Darknet server, identify the administrator of the website, and ultimately track down the web server's physical location in South Korea, said IRSCI Chief Don Fort. Quote, so I, I'm just going to guess here that the site was probably running its own Bitcoin full node, right? So it was saying earlier that the people going to the site could give Bitcoin to the site in return for access to whatever porn was on the site. They, it yeah. didn't say anything about escrow. I looked through the article. Oh. There's nothing about escrow in there, and that wouldn't make okay, sense. Good. It's just acting like any other pornography site where we have a, a paywall up, and you pay, and you, you pay get through the paywall. You can get in. Uh, so my, my guess is the IRS probably sent Bitcoin to mm. the site in order to gain access to the site, and then they knew to where they sent the Bitcoin. Right. They could then use, and as I Watch understand- Watch where that particular coin goes, and yeah. if it gets spent, you might be able to, I mean, maybe the guy spends it at uh, purse.io. Or maybe the the full node is identifiable because it's not behind the protection of Tor. Maybe the web server itself was Tor Torified, right. but maybe his Bitcoin full sure. node wasn't. And so they were able to, because as I understand it, if your full node isn't behind any kind of VPN or server, it can more easily be You're, uh, you're right found. out there for everybody. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know. As I've, I read more of these stories and about all kinds of topics where law enforcement, you know, once you get past the buzzwords and everything they're talking about, their amazing expertise, how they did it usually comes down to a real simple solution they, you know, for example, they they grab 
Ross Ulbricht as he was, as he was working on his laptop. They had they to did. do it then. Yeah, yeah, he was in the, the San Francisco library. But they had yeah. to find him first. Right, but it wasn't, you know, they did not, you know, crack all layers of uh, encryption and, and all this good no, stuff. No, they found him right. due to operational security errors. Right. Remember, he had, way back in the beginning of the Silk Road, now mm-hmm. we're talking about the Silk Road, the underground drug marketplace, the very first of its kind. Uh, fascinating story behind this and tragic for Ross, but in the earliest early days, before the site had even really barely gotten started they found a post on like the bitcoin talk forum or some forum maybe it was a drug forum or something like that you know written by this account wasn't Mm -hmm. under the name ross or anything like that but it was whatever his email that he was using at the time uh was behind that account it was like oh i found this really cool website where you can buy drugs on the internet check this out Mm -hmm. and uh and then they found out that that email address i think was tied into a hosting account as well like they Mm -hmm. they found out more about that particular email address and they traced that to ross so he just didn't have very good operational security in the beginning and uh, essentially, he, he brought them to him by yeah. being sloppy. The other thing that, that he did at one point was he made a post using a, an, a uh, pseudonymous account. Mm-hmm. It didn't have his real name on it. Yeah. But at one time, it had had his real name yeah, on it. I think it. that's the so account I was talking about. Back yeah. and they were able to trace it that way. So don't think when you change information on a website that it's not there it's anymore. Not in their maybe yeah. you can't see it, but maybe somebody can. Right. Uh, Chief Fort noted that some might call it an odd pairing for the IRS to work on this type of investigation, but he explained, "quote Our unique and singular focus on following the money." made this the next logical step after playing key roles in dismantling Silk Road, BTCE. That was a a Russian exchange. exchange. Yeah. Mount Gox and other crimes perpetuated in the shadows of the dark web. He further explained, quote, our agency's ability to analyze the blockchain and de-anonymize Bitcoin transactions allowed for the identification of hundreds of predators around the world, unquote. Um, okay. Um, whether the funds are fiat or virtual, Chief Fort said, IRSCI expertise is in the tracing of money all around the world, unquote. Today, IRSCI is the only federal agency that devotes 100% of resources to investigating financial crimes. IRSCI is also the only agency with the jurisdiction over federal tax crimes. Wow, it's like a puff piece for the IRS. It, it, yeah, you can Ooh. tell this just came They from... even give a link in parentheses there to learn more about them. You can cl- learn click. Learn more here. And this is <laughs> coming to us from Forbes. Uh, Chief Fort had the additional message for criminals around the world. Quote, this is the typical message here. This They always do the tough talk. You used to hide by the laundering of your money through shell companies around the world, the country, but we traced you. You took your money offshore and hid around the world, but we found you. You went on the dark web thinking that your actions were anonymous, but they weren't. And again, we found you. You kneel deal in cryptocurrency and think again that this will make you anonymous. But our agents have once again proved that there is nowhere you can hide. This is what this is all about. 855-453. We're going to talk about privacy and anonymity. This is Free Talk Live. 
chronic pain, stress and anxiety, fatigue or lack of focus, dependence on opioids or opiates? John Bush here, owner of Brave Botanicals, inviting you to try a free ounce of Kratom, the controversial plant remedy the government doesn't want you to know about. Why, you ask? Well, it's big competition for big pharma. From grandmothers cutting Oxycontin to keep up with their grandkids, to young adults kicking Adderall and quitting drinking, more Americans are turning to Kratom to help them through the day. But the government won't stop us. When the credit card companies kicked Kratom to the curb, I accepted e-checks and crypto. When Facebook shut down my ad account, I did podcast interviews and advertised on Free Talk Live. And now to give a big F you to the man, I'm giving away Kratom for free. To get your free ounce of Kratom, go to freeounceofkratom.com, pay $5 shipping and handling, and I'll send you a free ounce. Visit freeounceofkratom.com to claim your free ounce today. That's freeounceofkratom.com. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That is our toll-free number, 855-450-3733. Here for hour number two, we do three hours of live radio every night. And that means you can call in for three hours, not all at once. We prefer calls a little quicker than that. But the point being, you can call in about what's on your mind and what interests you. You don't have to talk about what we're talking about. Talk about what you're interested in. This is Free Talk Live. This means you control the airwaves. In studio, it's myself, Chris. I'm Ian. And I'm nobody. And I wanted to tell you about HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. Do you operate a retail business and are you looking for a solution for point-of-sale cryptocurrency acceptance? It's never been easier thanks to HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. There's no paperwork or approval process to open an account. If you already have a tablet at your cash register, you're almost done. Just visit HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com and follow the simple steps. Within moments, you'll be accepting cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Dash at your store. Get started now at HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. You do it at your store. I do. And I use AnyPay, who's behind HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. Mm-hmm. They want to help you. Again, that's HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. You yeah. were talking about Bitcoin in the last hour uh, with this major takedown by the IRS of a porn website, child pornography website, on the Darknet. And the uh, you'd finished the article with the tough-talking quote from the IRS head of enforcement or whoever it was. Wherever um, you are, we're, we're going to find we'll you. We'll get you. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that is an important story because a lot of people still believe Bitcoin is anonymous. Right. Um, it is inherently not anonymous, but it still could be used anonymously, just not as well as some of the uh, privacy coins out there. And we didn't touch on the privacy coins Really, at all in the in the last hour, and I think it's worth worth pointing out. Yeah, sure. Uh, there have been Bitcoin was the first of its kind. It was the first cryptocurrency created in 2009 by Satoshi Nakamoto. And one of the things that Satoshi Nakamoto didn't include was you know real privacy protection. It's not really a privacy coin. Right. It can only be used in somewhat anonymous or pseudonymous uh, fashions. Meaning that if you create a Bitcoin wallet and don't tell anyone about it. 
then no one knows that you have that wallet. Uh, if, on the other hand, over at electnobody.com, you put your Bitcoin wallet address publicly out there and say, here's my address, send me Bitcoin, uh, or Bitcoin Cash, or I think you take Dash and Stellar. I take uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Dash, and Stellar. If you want to send me something else, I will take it. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and so... Smart move. Yeah, being able to do that means that somebody who wants to can just plug that address. They can take that Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash address, because both of them are similar, right. um, That and the, they put it in what's called a block explorer. And there are block explorers for every blockchain out there that's not a not completely anonymous, like Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. Mm -hmm. And you put in that address in there, and it'll show you how many donations has uh, Elect Nobody's website received. Right. Now, it doesn't tell you from whom. You right. would then have to look at the addresses where those donations from where those donations came and then figure out where the Bitcoin that was sitting in that address previously, where did that come from? And if you keep going back with these uh, analysis tools, you might find that one of them came from a Coinbase account. Sure. And then you could the, the police could then send a notice to Coinbase saying, we would like to see the information on the account uh, that purchased this particular coin. And Coinbase, of course, will hand that information over to them. And then they will have, at the very least, who the buyer of that coin was from Coinbase. They may not know all of the hops and jumps between the Coinbase wallet and the end of the, you know, the elect nobody wallet or wherever mm, the, right. the end of the line is. But, uh, you know, the more publicly identified addresses, the more de-anonymized your uh, transactions can be on the Bitcoin blockchain. Whereas with something like Monero, every transaction is hidden. Right. You don't, you can't look at the blockchain. You can't do any kind of analysis of the Monero blockchain. There was some recent uh, really scary news for the Zcash community. I don't know if you heard yes. about this. Yes. Uh, it, it had to do with, it was a bug um, that, yeah. that got exploited that basically bears uh it allows you to see who was involved in transactions yeah they they were able to de-anonymize the supposedly anonymous uh mm. zcash tran uh, transactions so, is this the exploit that duke was talking about yeah one of our guys in new hampshire discovered it interesting yeah. uh now they've uh, how much information can they really expose that way do you know uh they could anonymize or de-anonymize from what i understood everything yeah it, it really? um, kind of bared the soul of a given transaction. Um, but that doesn't... Well, they I, were basically brute forcing uh, the blockchain. Uh, without getting too technical, they essentially would spoof an earlier time frame on the blockchain. Because the blockchain is just the digital ledger, the, pub, the right. normally public ledger. In this case, purportedly private ledger. But what what they did was they, they could trace... Um, the transactions block to block basically and look to see well what moved from one block to the next Interesting. and they could I, i'm not doing a very good job That's of ex okay. explaining this mm. but uh, they had a way of, of doing it that basically was like okay well let's take our uh let's take our mining operation and make the miner think that it's in you know 2017 and look at what things are moving from you know, yeah, block right. to block. I think they reordered the tran the existing transactions and basically looked at how that changed the state. Yeah, I, I know it's interesting that that lots of blockchains, most blockchains are all, you know, they all have a reliance on a time step. You need to know when a transaction 
was made. You need to mm-hmm. know when the miner got it, when the miner added it to blocks. And it's it's really about a lot about time. But with some of these newer ones, they're not doing it the same way. You had given a no. presentation recently on Mimblewimble. Well, right, Mimblewimble, yeah. which is a technology. new technology for yep. anonymizing transactions. And there's a couple of Mimblewimble-based coins that are out there. Was it Grin and, Grin and Beam? Beam. Yeah. And these and I don't know if both of them do this, but one of those, I forget which one, basically prunes its blockchain to where it, there's, there's no data from 2017 or 2018. Right. It's just wherever it is that everything in, on the, the chain is at the moment is all that's relevant. So it yeah. doesn't need to hold every past transaction. So there, an exploit right. like what happened to Zcash can't be done to the new Mimble Windows. I would tend to disagree on that. And the reason is because if you're running a full node on their blockchain, you can save that data before it gets mm. pruned out and just go back to your logs to see what happened. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And once information has, has existed, you can't you make it go it. away. Yeah. yeah. True. And and then you have to rely on the cryptocurrency's ability to encrypt and hide stuff in the first place. So um, so yeah. Mimble Wimble does a couple so, of tricks, and I invite now, people to, Wimble, to take a look at it. On, on the other hand, the idea of not carrying every transaction since the beginning of time is a great idea. Anybody who's watched their uh, their uh, full node download for a day and a half is, right. knows why that's going to be a great idea, like, even well, if Bitcoin you don't. Does, uh, yeah. But I don't think... Uh, disc- having information and then discarding it later is not a security ex- point. security tool. To, to implement a truly secure, I mean, first of all, if you're so concerned, if anyone is so secured, uh, so concerned about the security of a given transaction, you might want to try U.S. cash. You know, that's the first thing because <laughs> the terrorist choice, the terrorist choice, what what tax evaders love to use, what. Uh, money launders love to use is U.S. cash. If you're dealing in cryptocurrencies, you're probably dealing with very complex technologies that there may be exploits or there may be a bug found that just happens right. to reveal see this all your information. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, this stuff happens, and, and if you're, that's why most criminals don't use blockchain technology. Contrary to what the uh, IRS is going to scare us with. Most criminals use cash. Well, History is littered with the corpses of people who overestimated their encryption technology. There's a related story, you know, in this sort of uh, theme of scary talk from government goons. Uh, headline over at newsbtc.com, regulators can shut down Bitcoin anytime. Oh, <laughs> can they? Can Are they, they doing it today? Probably. You think so? Uh, I don't think so. We'll get it into depends it. on your parameters. Yeah, we'll get into it. 855 450 free. What do you think? Is Bitcoin the future of money? Cryptocurrencies the future of money? Or is the IRS just waiting to spring its trap? 855 450 free. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That is our toll-free number. That's the number you can call to get on the air, 855-450-3733. And I wanted to take a moment to tell you about Edge Wallet. I use this thing every day. Edge Wallet, it's a wallet, a digital wallet that you can hold 
cryptocurrency with. You need one. Not only hold, you can buy, sell, and exchange as well. And it is user-controlled, which means you have control over access to your bunny. It is not held by some other computer somewhere else on the Internet. You hold the keys. You own the coin. Support for Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, Tokens, Monero, Ripple, Stellar, and many, many more. It's built by a veteran team. They've been building apps since 2014, and they want to help you secure your freedom. Visit edge.app. That's edge.app for more information. I think it's so cool that they've got Monero, too. They were one of the first um, crypto, multi-crypto wallets to get that. Yeah, and mm. just as, as an overview, Monero, it's a privacy coin. It's it's difficult, and I've I've just gone by what I've heard and by the dearth of wallets when it first came out. It's a difficult system to build a wallet for. Mm-hmm. It's a different system entirely. Monero, right. um, I don't know if it was the first alternative uh, to Bitcoin as far as sort of it wasn't based on Bitcoin. Right. So most cryptocurrencies, uh, at least the ones that came out in the early days, a lot of them mm-hmm. were just forks mm-hmm. of Bitcoin, which means they took the Bitcoin code. They tweaked uh, it a little. Tweaked it and modified called it. Called something it. new. Right. Gave it a new name. Uh, Monero was completely built from scratch. As I understand it, yeah. Yeah. Is Monero older than like Zcash and Zcoin? I'm not sure which one came out first. I don't think they are Bitcoin derived. They are Bitcoin They are Bitcoin derived. As I understand it. Interesting. Pretty sure. There are very few of them that aren't Bitcoin derived. I think IOTA's one of them that's not Bitcoin derived. I think Monero's one of them that's not Bitcoin Mm -hmm. derived. And there's probably more by now that I'm not aware of. Uh, but those are two of the ones that pop into my, my yeah. head. And it's not not a bad thing necessarily that a lot of coins use the Bitcoin code. I mean, it's, sure. you're, li- code. you're likely to, to make fewer errors if you're not trying to create what's already been done right. from scratch. And that was the theory. But now they're trying different things. And uh, it's it, time will tell, you know, what's going what's gonna to work out well. In terms of privacy coins, I think you should investigate them. If privacy is important to you, and I think it should be an imp- important to everybody, whether or not you're doing anything illegal, the government has no legitimate right to see the details of every financial transaction you do. That's just a simple point. I mean, they have no right to all of your financial in- information. I mean, I just don't know how we got to this point other than cut by cut. Yeah, I mean, piece by piece, they they implemented uh, taxation, and that didn't work very well, so they had to take away more freedom, and and so people found ways to get around that, so they had to take away more freedom, and yep. you know, the thing is, they they can take away all as much, you know, even in even in the Soviet Union, there were black markets. As a matter of fact, at one point, the KGB was very effective in shutting down black markets, and people started starving, so they had right. to let those people go so, you know, people wouldn't die. Yeah, the the only part of the Soviet Union that really worked well were the black markets, mm-hmm. uh, and that mm-hmm. saved a lot of people's lives. But it's, Same thing's true now in Venezuela. That's absolutely yeah. correct. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in, in talking about Monero and things like this, I mean, do your homework, but... You know, I I advocate using I advocate people encrypting their traffic on the web. I you should send all your mails with encryption. All this stupid stuff, stuff that doesn't matter to the government. But let them, 
you know, spend their cycles trying to decipher that, um, yes, Chris has to pick up a loaf of bread before we head home. You know, let Mm -hmm. them spend their time Mm -hmm. on that. That's fine with me. Yeah, encrypting every email would be a big, big start. It would. Yeah, but the problem is the other person also has to, you know, be into encryption enough to know what to do. Right, and it's not as simple as it could be. No, and that's the problem. I mean, when it comes to privacy, you always have to put in effort. And you always have to put in uh, money and time. There's there's other things that you you don't just get privacy by default. You mm. don't get privacy the easy way. Right. You have to take time, effort, or money, and usually some combination of those those three things. So you know the other person on the other end has to know what to do with a PGP encrypted message. Right. If they don't know what to do with it, then you're going to have to spend time walking them through it. And odds are good they're going to get frustrated because most systems for that aren't particularly they're not complex but they are time consuming you know Mm. you do have to go through extra steps and if you don't have to go through extra steps then it's probably not that secure of a system (laughs) some Mm. some systems out there like proton mail uh, Mm -hmm. are you familiar with it i think nobody's got that yeah i use proton mail i just moved the whole electnobody.com domain over there or i moved the invisible hand.church domain over there and i'm working on electnobody.com Proton Mail is a great system, and it's one of the few out there. It's just you know, it's straight up encrypts. I mean, if if you're gonna email between that? people, I mean, I'm sending an unencrypted email to it. That's passing through a bunch of email servers oh, yeah. unencrypted. So that's, that's not going to help. Well, what is it encrypting? basically, the way Proton Mail works for outgoing mail is they have a program that's like a mail server that runs on your computer. So when you make your SMTP connection, you connect to this program. That's just send mail. And this program then makes an encrypted connection to Proton Mail. Mm -hmm. So Proton Mail never sees your unencrypted email. The encryption I, as what happens I on the other end for the, the recipient, though? Uh, well, on the other end, as I understand it, the code runs in their browser. So, Proton so they have Mail, to go to the ProtonMail website to read the message? It's not going to come into my email box? Um, well, there are... If it's another ProtonMail user, then they're going to have to... Uh, then they're connecting to the website, or they're using IMAP and uh, or POP, which again goes through their so-called bridge app. Okay, but what I mean but, is, if I'm the recipient, well, I don't want to get too complicated here, but if I'm if you're sending me something from Proton Mail, you're mm-hmm. saying they're encrypting that. Are they then sending me an unencrypted message saying, "Hey, there's an encrypted message waiting for you. Click here to read it," and then I go to click through no, to the website. If you don't have any encryption on your mm-hmm. end, then I believe you'll get it decrypted. I think okay. if they have a PGP key for you, that they will encrypt it I with see. PGP to you. Yeah. So the thing is, it can't be end-to-end unless both, both. ends have some capability of 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 encryption. Right. But the nice thing about, about uh, ProtonMail is... It takes almost no effort to use it. So if you're a if so if you want to send encrypted messages to a to a naive person, that's probably a good way to do it. Except it won't be encrypted because they don't have what they need on the other end. So there's no point. Right. Well, Maybe. if if both of if both of you are using Proton Mail, a naive then it person will be wouldn't end be doing end. that. 
What well, we that's, do need. that's what I'm saying, is if you want to send encrypted mail to a, to a naive user, say, hey, open a Proton Mail, oh, give I me your address, okay. and, and I'll send you your yeah. mail. And that's easier than learning PGP. Gotcha. Yeah. It really okay. is. Spreading the word about Proton Mail and encryption, because we should all care about our privacy. We shouldn't have a government that reads and finds out everything about us without our permission. 855-450-FREE. What do you think? Or am I just paranoid? This is Free Talk Live. Divi is crypto made easy. Anyone can use Divi to securely and seamlessly spend, earn, store, or exchange digital money, the U.S. dollar, and euros. Divi is fast. Transactions happen in seconds with fewer fees. While other altcoins are languishing, the Divi price has risen substantially against BTC. Now's the time to make a switch to Divi or make your start with cryptocurrency with Divi. Visit DiviProject.org. Divi is crypto made easy. Plus one click master notes. DiviProject.org. Again, DiviProject.org. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number. That's 855-450-3733. And I wanted to give a little shout-out to Dan Krafsig. Who is Dan Krafsig? He is a gold amplifier. That thanks, means, Dan. Thanks, Dan. We, we really appreciate it. Uh, Dan has decided to contribute 10 bucks a month. That's right. Towards Free Talk Live's Amplifier program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. We use those donations to do just that, to get on more radio stations, to spread the message of liberty to more minds around this great country and around the world. That's the goal. So thank you very much, Dan. If you want to find out more about the Amplifier program, you can go to amp.freetalklive.com. In studio, it's Chris. And Ian. And nobody. And we have been talking Bitcoin, and we've been talking encryption, and this all started with a story about the feds uh, and numbers of other countries, law enforcement agencies, taking down a huge, according to them, a huge child porn website on the dark net. And they did this, they say, actually with by, by tra- tracing transactions made on the Bitcoin network. Uh, they aren't clear on how they are allegedly do it, but they did say that they only arrested, uh, they identified 24 people mm-hmm. through the use of Bitcoin. So it's not really... Well, they said 24 at one part of the article, but they said 300-something in, in another yeah. part. So it wasn't real clear. Yeah, I'm going to guess that it's the lowest number that they put out, and they probably had to put that number out just to be close to honest. Um, maybe Maybe they identified hundreds, but only arrested... Two dozen, maybe they didn't have enough yeah, evidence. It, my impression was that they there were like 300-some users of which they had identified 24. That could be. That was my... Yeah, I don't know. I could be wrong. Well, regardless, um, one of the points of that story was to make people believe that their transactions are not anonymous. Which and is to, true. To some extent, that yeah. is true, um, unless you're using an alternative to Bitcoin like Monero, which seems to be pretty... Solid so far. At least there has yet to be a revealed bug that. Uh, oh no, there was one a long time yeah. ago. Early on with Monero, there were there was some sort of bug that allowed them to de-anonymize. But 
but they fixed that relatively early on. Right. And uh, we haven't heard anything about it since then. A number of the darknet marketplaces have adopted Monero. And to me, that's a pretty big endorsement. If a darknet marketplace, not just one, but more than one of them, right. adopts a cryptocurrency the you know as a privacy coin instead of the other ones, because there's several out there that are vying oh, yeah. to be the top privacy coin, uh, the fact that darknet markets have sort of anointed Monero is a real good sign, I think, Yeah, for it. Uh, but in other news, uh, there's apparently somebody claiming that the law enforcement can shut down Bitcoin anytime. What? Oh, my God. It's done. I, that's it. That's the end of Bitcoin, Define folks. Define shut heard, down. You, yeah. Well, apparently, that's all you have to say. Well, that's the headline, and it's according to Bloomberg Digital's executive editor, Joe Weisenthal, who may not know what he's talking about, but let's get into uh, the details here from NewsBTC.com. The media talent, is what they call Weisenthal, warned institutions against creating Bitcoin-based investment products, stating they could become a tool to take capital from fiat markets. Citing Bitcoin exchange-traded funds, Weisenthal said no regulators would want to approve fiat on-ramps to pump money into the Bitcoin ecosystem. And that's probably true. I mean, mm. the uh, the government... They don't like Bitcoin, and right. they certainly don't want to make it easy for people to get Bitcoin. Uh, he says, first, the move would make fiat unattractive to investors, and second, it would increase the amount of illicit financial transactions, he claimed. See, that's, yeah. It doesn't. Uh, illegal transactions or illegal in the eyes of government have been going on as long as there has been government. Mm -hmm. uh, there's always something government doesn't want you to do and they mm -hmm. didn't stop it with cash how are you going to stop it with cryptocurrencies it's it's mm -hmm. it's that much more difficult it's just another thing you're going to run out of people to look at every transaction yeah so what yeah. he's actually saying here isn't that bitcoin can be shut down because it can't not by the governments because bitcoin's an international decentralized phenomena it's over ten thousand. last time i looked uh full nodes on that network spread across the entire planet there's just no way even with an interjurisdictional task force that they'd be able to simultaneously crack down and bust all ten thousand nodes all at once I mean, it's just highly unlikely that something like that could ever occur. So Bitcoin itself is pretty much insulated from takedown. What he's saying here, and the, the headline's misleading, is that the government could target the exchange-traded funds. Yeah, absolutely. The well, they could target, target the exchange-traded funds. The other thing they can do is shrink the market for bitcoin so by targeting like exchanges and that sort of uh, thing and well base not, of the world? uh partially by exchanges but also if let's say they just declare that owning owning uh bitcoin is illegal per se like they did with gold sure okay mm. that means all of the That'd corporations that accept it are going to stop so they're so that's going to shrink the market sure. it means that the exchanges are going to cease to exist at least the ones in america right that's going to shrink the market so then if you shrink the market the value falls so they could destroy the value of it by by doing that and that presumes that such a move would be upheld by the courts right um and hopefully the courts would see that this is a free speech issue and that it, by banning people from possessing or using bitcoin they're essentially banning freedom of speech because bitcoin is nothing more than the code that was written by satoshi nakamoto exactly um, and the courts have true. upheld that code is protected speech 
a number of times. Have they? Okay, yes. good to know. They have, although there's there's a difference between writing and distributing code and running code. Uh, you're still responsible for the things that the code you run does do. So it's um, basically they can make it illegal to run a wallet without making it illegal to distribute the code for that wallet. Well, yeah, and uh, this reminds me of uh, the early days of PGP created by Phil Zimmerman. PGP stands for Pretty Good Privacy. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first widely spread encryption programs where people could encrypt, you know, not just their email, but they could encrypt other things. And, and the government said, no, nah, PGP, that is uh, our, our export restrictions come into play because we can't let this technology fall into our enemy's hands so we are outlawing you from selling pgp phil zimmerman said no problem uh just give it away did he just move no okay what he did was he printed it out and he sold it as a book (laughs) all of the code Mm -hmm. became a book and so there you go so you're gonna ban this book that happens Mm -hmm. to contain all the source code for pgp and that, that sort of brought the whole thing to a head, and they realized, now we can't do that because it's a free speech issue. I remember back in the day, somebody getting arrested for, uh, he was leaving the country, he was wearing a t-shirt that had the Pearl Code for RSA encryption printed on the t-shirt. <laughs> um, and they, and wow. I think they actually arrested him. Now, how customs... Oh, the TSA would have known, or customs or whatever. Well, yeah, how customs recognized that, I don't know. It must have been some kind of a publicity stunt. Mm. But We're going to go to the phones where we've got Travis calling from Michigan. Travis, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, fellas. Great program. I hear you talking about Bitcoin tonight, and um. I um I have several pro Bitcoin arguments. Um, um for instance, uh real quick, uh like Bitcoin is international. If you want to send Bitcoin around the world, you can send it at the snap of a finger and you don't gotta go through intermediary uh, financial institutions. Correct. Yeah, that's a huge point. I mean yeah. it it shouldn't be underestimated what kind of a, an impact that can have. Whereas previously, the only way to send money internationally, or the the few ways that existed, were all controlled by financial, you know, old money financial institutions like major banks uh, through the Fed wiring system or SWIFT, I guess, international. And then also, of course, Western Union and MoneyGram, these other companies that charge an arm and a leg in a lot of cases, especially to people in uh, in foreign countries. If you had more to say, Travis, we can hang on to you. So stand okay. by. Yeah, I, I wrote a book on it. So. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, so did everybody, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) 855-450-FREE. We are talking cryptocurrency, and he brings up a good point. It's international. It can't be stopped. This is Free Talk This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number. That's 855-450-3733. That's the number to call to get on the air. We've been talking cryptocurrency. We've been all over cryptocurrency today. And uh, we're going to get back to a caller who wishes to talk more about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. I don't know. I I see it as... um, one of our few opportunities for financial freedom, not having government looking over your shoulder. I, and I hope that privacy 
We talked a bit about privacy coins like Monero and Zcash, and we talked about some problems that have happened in the past, but I hope that privacy becomes what people start to shop for. It's not what they're looking for, though. No, they're not. I hope I hope that technology makes it simple and easy to use. Look at people. Number one. Yeah. And number two, people value that. And I don't begin think they to do. use it. I don't think they do. I mean, look at uh, the Amazon Home thing that they got. What do they call it? Alexa. Alexa. Uh, there's a Google Home, I think. Uh, no, there's theirs is a, called NSA. There's a Facebook now. There's a, I was just reading about this this week. Facebook has a device called Portal. Yes. And it's apparently being used for video conferencing, but yeah. it's also a portal, Facebook's portal, into your home, just like, <laughs> uh, you know, Amazon and these other ones. And these things are hot sellers. Now, I don't know if Facebook's hot selling, but the Amazon thing is uh, is pretty big. Google Home's big, too. Yeah. And they, they did an acquisition of Nest. And so now everything is branded, you know, Google Nest yeah. Home. and it's, Nest is the air conditioning settings thing. Yeah, right? it used to be. But now yeah. they do cameras to spy right. on you and they use uh, the oh, they home would speakers. Never. They would such, never well, do I such mean, a thing. I mean, allegedly. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, a lot of these companies just got, you know, in trouble because the stuff went private where they were uh, sending transcripts of messages that go through their quote-unquote secure servers uh, to third parties that employed actual human beings to listen to, to listen them and, and listen to people them. having sex. From what I saw in one story, uh, I think it was Apple allegedly had people. Uh, that's been happening with with several of them. I bet I've it has. It. And and you know it's it's going to. Yep. You're gonna unless hear. you don't have that device in your room. Uh, you know, unless it. you don't have it. In well, your house. you've got a phone anyway, and that's listening. Yep, to it can you. do. They can do that that's too. Pretty much yep. it. We're going back to the phones where we had Travis on the line. Travis, you're back on with Free Talk Live. Hey, fellas, great program. Um, well, you look at somebody like Chris Cantwell, and you got to wonder how much the NSA watches him. Chris Cantwell is a, uh, a Nazi, the crying uh, white, Nazi, white supremacist. Um, well, I mean, we know that he's worked with the FBI. So I imagine they uh, they're very interested in him. In fact, I think that he uh, he was an early mover here into Keene, New Hampshire, years ago, back when he was just the libertarian, the angry libertarian. Back when he was well. a libertarian. Yeah, he's no longer, uh, not even close. Yeah, um, he's gone full status. Yeah, he's not only has he gone full status, oh, but he's yeah. also now a, a racist and a Nazi. Uh, but you know, back in the day, I, we believed that they were absolutely watching him when he came up here because he was having, uh, well, the FBI at least, uh, he was constantly posting to his website, for instance, and talking publicly about, you know, hurting police officers, for instance. So they were oh yeah, I, I remember him doing that. Yeah. I remember yeah. him doing that. I remember when I was a uh, when I was selling weed, I would say, "Yeah, yeah, the FBI is watching me, I'm sure," and uh, and everybody said, "Oh, you're paranoid, you're paranoid." Then the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force came and arrested me. So, uh, you know, you're not paranoid <laughs> if they're really, really out, out to, to get, get you. you. Yeah, that's true. Travis, yeah. what else did you want to share about Bitcoin? You'd mentioned it's uh, international, and you know, obviously that's a huge thing for people to be able to send money. Uh, around the world, remittances are a tremendous industry for companies like MoneyGram mm-hmm. and uh, in Western mm-hmm. Union, and being able to cut those people out of the picture is a huge step forward for people all around the planet. Yeah, it's a tremendous innovation, honestly. And as I outline in my book, I say that in many ways, Bitcoin outcompetes uh, fiat currency. And in many ways, it's kind of uh, competing currencies. And I believe that if Bitcoin was to, if, if millions of people were to put money into Bitcoin, then the fiat currency 
would actually decrease in value as the Bitcoin increased in value. And it would kind of like, I don't know, I could, you understand what I'm saying? I do. I do. And that's where, you know, what that's what we hope for. We hope that some, you know, mm-hmm. Bitcoin or some cryptocurrency replaces the U.S. US dollar. You know, I, I'm tired yeah, of well, using something that is built to constantly lose purchasing power. That's what it does. Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, there's and- two ways to create high, uh, hyperinflation. One is to uh, cause supply to explode, and the other is to cause demand to collapse. So if people are shorting the dollar into uh, cryptocurrencies and precious metals, then uh, that's a real problem for the government. Hey, Travis, what's your book? Yeah. Um, you mind if I plug it? You just asked you. I just asked you. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, It's uh, Bitcoin, A Basic Explanation of Everything by Travis Batterson, with a B. And you can find it on eBay. um, Very cool. Hey, thanks for the call tonight, Travis. Appreciate it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I just, I want to see, and this is why I work for Bitcoin or cryptocurrency adoption. I want to see more regular people to begin to use it and to realize that it's, not so difficult to use. It's relatively easy. It's not something that just criminals use. You can buy a, you can go to the, and here in Keene, New Hampshire, I can go to the dentist and get work, my teeth worked on and pay for that with Bitcoin. I have it's, done that. I have mm-hmm. too. Um, I can get my car worked on. It's something that should become part of life. And because these people, either the government is devaluing your currency and stealing your money, or you are going through middlemen. That and each one of those middlemen is always going to take a tiny slice. Now, that's what they do. That's how they make money. That's their business model. I'm saying you don't have to go with that business model. You can be your own bank. Mm-hmm. As scary as that is, but it's it it's also rather enlightening. Mm-hmm. Now, to the idea that you could actually control your own money. I know it's a crazy thought, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Quote, if you're building or launching these institutionally grade products, how sure are you that down the road regulators won't come in and shut it all down? Asked Bloomberg Digital's executive editor, Joe Weisenthal, saying further, there's so much interest in this space, but is anyone thinking this through? Basically saying, hey, you know, don't even create any sort of old money financial uh, products based around Bitcoin because eventually the government's going to come and crack down. And, you know, I can understand the concerns. I don't think that he's wrong to be uh, legitimately concerned about that. Yeah, I mean, you can generalize that statement. Don't innovate because the government doesn't like that. (laughs) Well put. Um, Yeah, that's the idea. The idea that money is that one thing that we all use that could never stand a challenge by a new innovation. You mm-hmm. know, everything else you can... Oh, they you, can't stand it. No, they, look at they how hate the, it. Look at how the federal government is responding to Facebook's uh, Libra. Just a, the proposal yeah. to have this thing out there. They are flipping out over this thing, and they don't know what to do. They really... Uh, I mean, they want to stop it. Yeah. But can they? They're they're just applying pressure in other countries too. It's every every country uses this idea of central banks and mm-hmm. concentrations of power, and they all work together and they are doing everything they can to put the put the brakes on uh, on Libra. Well, Unfortunately, they, Libra's 
kind of crumbling anyway. Is it though? They had a conference over the weekend, uh, and uh, from what I re- and I didn't read a lot about it, but uh, from what I read, Facebook came out with an announcement, or the Libra people, or whoever, um, that uh, they have like another hundred plus more interested parties. So you know, well, the news that was last week that PayPal and yeah, Mastercard and Visa had dropped out from their Facebook Libra Alliance thing that they have, and yeah. obviously that was a big you know a hit. It was, you know, presented as though, oh, this is the end of Libra. But now Libra is hitting back saying, we got another hundred people that want to give us uh, or another hundred companies that want to give us $10 million. Right. And the surprising thing about, you know, Visa, MasterCard and PayPal being involved in Libra isn't that they pulled out. It's that they put in in the first first place. place. You know, I never really I I mean, the only way they were going to stick with that would be if Libra was so. Uh, so castrated that it couldn't compete with what they were already doing because they get a lot of rent for having licenses to operate in financial markets and they don't want people to be able to operate without paying them rent that's true it's a good point um Got more on that story? Or? Well, there's, I mean, it's just this guy and his opinions about right. why people shouldn't create these old money financial things like these ETFs, like, which I don't even know what those things mean. I'm not a, an investor. ETF uh, is an exchange traded fund, fund. So the simplest way to, to understand it is imagine you had a corporation mm-hmm. that owned a certain amount of Bitcoin and then you sold shares to the corporation. So you're indirectly holding Bitcoin I without see. actually owning it. The Seems Winkle, like a terrible idea. The Winklevi have been trying to get that approved for years. Yeah, 855 450 free. This is Free Talk Live. Our three's next. Do you want to join the ultra wealthy by using a 160 year old investing program that is no longer exclusive? Keep your funds fluid and 100% tax free for you or your heirs with no contribution limits and without ever losing your principal with Fortune DNA. Learn how to avoid the volatility of the market and put certainty back into your investing future. Join us at dna.freetalklive.com for more details and your exclusive invitation to the free webinar on Tuesday at 8 p.m. Register now at dna.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number. That's 855-450-3733. Our number three. We do this every night. Three hours of live radio where we want to hear from you. We want to know what's important to you. You don't have to talk about what we're talking about. We've been all over the place. We've talked about... um, this huge bust of a kitty porn website. We've talked a lot about cryptocurrencies and privacy, and we are going to tell you about how Elon Musk smoking weed with Joe Rogan ended up costing taxpayers five million dollars okay first off these things don't cost taxpayers money they cost the government money the money has already been stolen from the taxpayers they don't have it anymore that's that's one way of looking at it another way of looking at it is saying that's my damn money and you guys stole well, it. I still claim possession of it. Yeah, well, you can claim possession <laughs> of it, but you don't have comp- possession of it, so your claim is nonsense. Yeah, their answer is going to be, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, what you going to do exactly. about it? 
uh, which is why people are getting frustrated. Are um, they? I think I think a lot of people are frustrated. Hmm. Uh, um, half the people are frustrated because you know hmm. billionaires are obviously not paying their fair share. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, screw that. I'm What's being, fair about taxes? I, I'm being facetious. Uh, yeah. yeah, but that's the tack that some people take. We're going to go to mm-hmm. Discord where we've got Gene, the Christian anarchist, on the phone. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Alexa, are you connected to the CIA? Now everybody's room is, uh, <laughs> they've got, got Alexa answering them right now. Not me. <clears throat> Okay, so I called about Bitcoin because, you know, I I used to do programming like 25 years ago, and I maintain our computer systems and our network and stuff, but I haven't really done any kind of serious programming in over 25 years. So I'm out of the loop. I don't understand exactly how crypto uh, crypto coins work, but they have to have... They have to have some kind of a communication protocol that they're using. Now, what mm-hmm. would stop the government from interrupting that communication protocol, at least within the borders of this country? I don't think they could do it worldwide. A no. VPN. If they're do, if okay. they're if they're uh, you know you network. can if you're both connected to VPNs with their out outlet in in Switzerland, then. Uh, then it's not nothing's happening in this country. But Gene, don't they block VPNs well, in China? Like you've been to China a few times. Don't they have ways yes. of detecting well, people? Well, that's one of the one of the things I've been concerned about is because mm-hmm. when I do go to China, it is getting difficult to uh, block, you know, to get outside internet connections. But they can't block every VPN. What they do is they block known VPNs. Like I have a VPN that goes directly to my modem at the office so i can always connect to that vpn when i'm in china because Mm. china hasn't blocked my ip address right they don't you know they don't know that my ip address is a vpn server for only for me you know i can connect to it at any time but Mm. some of the commercial vpn things are getting difficult because they got a, a you know a big spreadsheet of all the known vpn ip addresses and they simply block your connection to that IP address. Sure. I think so. what this means is people are going to innovate. You know, the more governments crack down on privacy, on on security, then people will come up with ways around it, you know? Well, you had what asked, do you think? Well, you had said earlier that you would hope that people start valuing privacy. And maybe there will be something that triggers a greater interest in privacy at some point in the future. It doesn't seem like that's the case today. It seems like the opposite is the case, where people have been convinced to give up their privacy in return for convenience. And it's an attractive uh, package, you know, getting all kinds of wonderful services in return for just having no privacy whatsoever. Right. That's the state that we find ourselves in today. However, there is still enough interest in privacy to drive research and development, as we've seen with the various different crypto coins like Monero and the others out there and the Mimblewimble coins. So at the very least, there's enough of a market demand for privacy to where we have some pretty decent tools for those who do wish to seek that. I just don't see it being market, you know, heavily market demanded at any time soon. So I, so I do still have a technical curiosity about what protocol the Bitcoin uses, and I think nobody knows. Well, uh, nobody knows, and uh, but it's not something that can be very quickly 
Um, it's not a, t- a ex- general explain, conversation. Uh, the I would suggest checking out uh, Mastering Bitcoin. Um, book? The book. It's from O'Reilly and Associates, uh, written, I think, by one of the Andreases. Andreas Antonopoulos. Mm-hmm. Quite possibly. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, it's not. So it's not TPI's. Uh, it is. It it, well, trans- it runs it over TCP/IP, but then there's a there's a wire protocol on top of that. Oh, okay. Um, you know, just so, like just like HTTP is a protocol on top of TCP/IP, or FTP is a protocol on top of TCP/IP. Right. Bitcoin will use ports. Oh, well, mm. that's part of the yeah, TCP/IP protocol. TCP/IP. Um, but you know, I, like I said, I mean, maybe it'll be the other way around. Maybe innovation will. You know, we don't know which cryptocurrency is going to be the winner. Is it going to be Bitcoin? No, is it going to be Bitcoin Cash? It could be mm-hmm. any of them. It could be something we haven't There's seen yet. There's not going to be right. a winner. That's absurd. Well, it could well, there's be, be somebody who's somebody on top. Somebody is going to be on top. Somebody is going to have the bulk of the see, market. To me, that's as strange as saying there's going to be one bank on top and all other banks there will is be one bank on subservient. Top. Yeah, but it takes guns to keep it that way. <laughs> if the Federal Reserve is on top, because if you compete with them, they'll kill you. I'm not talking about central you. banks. I'm talking about the, the, uh, the, their member banks, if you will. Bank of America, I believe, has more branches uh, than any other. You can also measure them based on the number yeah, of assets. Yeah, but that doesn't make, make them the winner because there's a lot of other places you can Well, there bank. are other options, but there's always going to be a king of the hill there's right. always going to be a number one at fill in the blank and well they, sure there can be the the okay bitcoin's there, the number one crypto by market cap there there's a big difference between having the biggest market cap and having a monopoly um, i wasn't well, saying mine's, that would be a monopoly. If, if mine's one, bigger than yours huh <laughs> Mine's bigger than yours. Nobody here yeah. was saying there's going to be a monopoly. Yeah. In the same way that there's a top <laughs> car manufacturer, there's going to be a top crypto. And it's going to change. Um, sure, and that'll go back and forth. So there's yeah. no single winner. There's just who's doing better this year. Right. So, what I hope is, is whichever coin is ended up on top, I hope they build mm-hmm. in privacy. I mm-hmm. hope that that becomes an option uh, or, or more or less a feature of all top cryptocurrencies so that they're all competing on that level and then when people just do their stuff it will already be there that and would here be cool. we have it chris has finally abandoned bitcoin maximalism so, he's not a maximalist <laughs> i love Isn't this he? So no. you're the one who told me you was i didn't say that okay are back, you a maximalist back, maximalist chris uh the word maximalist came protocol. out after i was involved in bitcoin so i don't know he'll take any crypt almost okay. any crypto i will I'll, I'll accept okay. any crypto what i do do is almost any crypto i will then convert into bitcoin uh, yeah. okay that may be a maximalist Okay. That's, that's maximalisty. Yeah. Okay. So back back to protocols. There was. Well, a, wait. Before you do that, uh, Gene, I, I got to call out Chris here because if on one hand you're saying you want to see a privacy coin rise to the top, but then on the other hand your actions are to convert every privacy coin you receive yeah. to Bitcoin, <laughs> you're part of the problem. Yeah, uh, I mean, that is if true. You and I do want have privacy I do coins have some to do Monero. well, you should be converting everything to Monero and and Hush and the other. Is it Hush? The Hush one is one of them. Duke is working on? Uh, Hush Mail, he's working on. It's a Hush messaging, Mail. Messaging protocol built oh. on Zcash. But um, it has a crypto. The, the idea, um, I, I want to see Bitcoin implement some more of these privacy features. Well, and they're, they're not are, implementing much of anything. No, yeah, they're not. You can't bolt privacy onto a non private coin. I don't think that's a realistic 
They probably but, could. Yeah, it's, it's but they don't seem to be interested in that. Not today, and I hope they do. Not I, today. I want to see that. Not today. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Gene. We're gonna. If you want to hang on, we can we can uh, get back to you here in in just a moment. More with uh, Gene, oh, okay. the Christian anarchist, calling us from wherever it is he's calling us from. Uh, so but, stand by. Yeah, we are talking Bitcoin, and I guess we'll probably keep talking cryptocurrencies. Eight fifty five, four fifty free. Have you taken the step into cryptocurrencies, or are you just confused by it? We hope we can uh, illuminate some of your confusion. Eight fifty five, four fifty free. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, 855-453, that's our toll-free number, 855-450-3733. That's the number to call to get on the air and tell us what's on your mind. But first, I wanted to tell you about Fortune DNA. Would you like to learn how the ultra-wealthy take their retirement accounts and make them legally 100% tax-free, have your money liquid and investing Invest in literally anything you want to, completely tax-free with the blessing of the IRS. And no, it's not our Roth. Visit dna.freetalklive.com for your exclusive invitation to the free webinar on Tuesday, October 22nd at 8 p.m. With Fortune DNA, you can invest in anything you want to, 100% tax-free, for you and your heirs and use the money before you're 59 and a half without ever losing your principal. Avoid the volatility of the market. Put certainty back in your investing future and keep full access to your money with Fortune DNA, the number one asset protection and tax strategy firm in the country. Join the ultra wealthy by using a 160-year-old investing program that is no longer exclusive. Visit dna.freetalklive.com for more details and your exclusive invitation to the free webinar on Tuesday, October 22nd at 8 p.m. That's dna.freetalklive.com. So we have been talking cryptocurrency. That seems to be the question. The other question is, is Chris a maximalist? Am I so caught up in Bitcoin that I disregard all other cryptocurrencies? The jury seems out. Rich is kinda, uh, kinda. Okay, I got a kinda. I might. I probably like an eighty percent maximalist. So yeah. I mean, what's the so? So you'd say eighty percent of your portfolio is uh, Bitcoin BTC. I will not talk about my portfolio or its distribution or whether I even have a portfolio. Okay. Okay. Well, I have a portfolio, <laughs> okay. and, and it's uh, about. Uh, one third of it is in uh, is in uh, dollar uh, stable coins, and the rest of it is split up between uh, five uh, cryptocurrencies in equal amounts. Okay, yeah, I, I, it's uh, to to me those are those are personal questions. I wouldn't ask you any detail about that. Uh, I I do mm-hmm. like Bitcoin. Uh, I'm in the minority here in Keene, New Hampshire, because a lot of people and a lot of good effort has been put in by a lot of folks. Mm-hmm to spread the word of Bitcoin cash. And I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it, it's 
doesn't do it for me, and that's all right too. I mean, people have different preferences in what they do. Some I, people I do, like high transaction fees. Some people like low transaction fees. Well, and, <laughs> and some people don't mind paying a, a sixteen cent transaction fee, which I did today. I mean, so uh, Bitcoin's fees can vary wildly. This um, is true, and they can be this really high, and they can be really low. Um, but there are other features of Bitcoin that I like, and for those reasons, I do tend to gravitate towards bitcoin you're struck by them are you struck by lightning (laughs) lightning. i'm probably the only one in the studio has ever used lightning the lightning network Lightning is a bitcoin thing they're working on that isn't quite ready yet from what i understand yeah uh, it is very cutting edge and it's usually about we call that the bleeding edge that would be an accurate (laughs) uh, definition we're going to go back to gene the christian anarchist gene you're on free talk live you still with us yeah back to protocols and the reason that i thought about protocols is because i've been watching these made safe people for over 10 years i'm sure you're familiar with made safe and the safe network but they use uh their whole idea is to build a new internet based on the structure and backbone of the existing internet. I believe they're using HTTP protocol for their entire thing to operate on. So if Hmm. it can't be shut down, unless they shut down HTTP, which would basically shut down the entire internet. And Hmm. what it, what it is, is it's decentralized, like all of these other things that are so great and it's encrypted and it has its own crypto coin built into it and it can uh you can run apps on it and do all kinds of things on it but the problem with it is like i say i've been watching them 10 years and i've been waiting for these guys to actually yeah, develop yeah they don't actually have anything do they is it is it even available yes i've downloaded and used their their beta stuff okay. but it it's not very uh there's not much you can do with it because there aren't a lot of apps that'll run on it but it is there and I'm just waiting for them to f- to finish something because it's been mm-hmm. over two year- ten years I've been watching these guys, wow. and they still haven't put anything out. I was really hoping that by now we would have something like this available that you could basically have 100% anonymity. You could do trading. You could do uh, communications. You could watch videos. And it the neat thing about their network is that you can store things in the cloud and it's encrypted and split up amongst all the other servers out there. And when you want it, you just extract it all back, and it and right. you have the you have the keys to to decrypt it. And mm. you also share a portion of your storage for mm. the main for the network. And you know everybody shares basically a portion of their hard drive. Mm. Right. And right. the nice thing about that is if you've got random content that's posted on your PC. Then, uh, and being served from your P- PC, then basically the government can't distinguish between things that are being sent to your PC because you're caching and uh, and serving them, and things that are being sent to your PC because that's what you're actually looking at. Yeah, and and it, and this sounds interesting. I need to look more into this, but there yeah. are. are there's a For collection you, you of these. described a lot of different things where there are individual projects that do part of that made mm-hmm. safe uh sounds like it's trying to do all of it 
Yeah, because I've heard right. of storage, and, which is decentralized storage. Sure, Sia um, coins another storage coin. Yeah, yeah, so that's been done, and that's been done for a while. Um, you know, they're still working on it. I don't know what their statuses are as far as how usable it is, but those those ideas exist. How encrypted it is, I, I suspect it is encrypted, so you wouldn't know. Uh, what files of other people's you're storing on your computer. So if there's illegal mm. things in those uh, files, you would right. have plausible deniability about that, in theory, at least. Well, I well the, way, the, way, the way their system works is that whatever you store into the, into the cloud, which is partially contained on your hard drive, is split up into multiple, you know, like a billion pieces. Right. And those billion pieces go into different areas and they're backed up. They're not just one copy. There'll be like three copies all over. And somehow they have the ability to bring all those bits and pieces back and present your video or whatever. So if, if like, for instance, the government came in and stole your computer from you, the data is not on your computer. So it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. In fact, you get another computer and you set up your keys you can get all of your data back instantly. Right. Yeah, there's so it's, Yeah, it's it's an interesting idea and I I hope this becomes this is what I hope. I hope these ideas become important to people. I hope YouTube keeps being as offensive as they are about, you know, content creators and decide they want to be everybody's morality because that will drive the need for these types of coins. Gene, thanks for the call. Um, the question becomes, will they be easy enough for regular, everyday people to use? I certainly hope that's the case. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, everyone. This is Charlie Shrem. You've seen me on the Netflix documentary, Banking on Bitcoin, and the new best-selling book, Bitcoin Billionaires. I want to invite you to join me on my new show, Untold Stories, for a deep dive into crypto history with the people who made that history. Together, we'll explore the personalities and events that gave rise to Bitcoin and the crypto revolution, the innovation, the collaboration, the battles, and the busts. You'll have a front row seat to the early days of crypto up to today, and you'll hear from the folks who lived through it and survived to drive this movement mainstream. Untold Stories looks back to reveal what inspired some of the greatest minds on Earth to come together to create this technology and change the future for everyone. So join me and my guests, the techies and the traders, the entrepreneurs and the innovators, as we explore our past and understand what that means for the future. Listen now on UntoldStories.com. That's UntoldStories.com. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number, 855-450-3733. You can also hit us up on Discord. Discord is a very cool app. You can find out more at discord.com. But the idea is, is you can use, it has chat rooms like text chat, but also has voice chat rooms. And you can use one of Free Talk Live's call-in lines built into the discord software after you connect to us and you can you can chat just like calling on the phone and and talking to us you can use your high-speed internet connection and your quality microphone and you'll sound like you were just in the studio with us 
In studio tonight, it's myself, Chris. And Ian. And nobody. And we just talked to Gene, the Christian anarchist, who wanted to talk about cryptocurrencies and things like that. We value his opinion because he also travels often to to China. And uh, it's interesting to find out what's going on over there and how abusive that government has become and what he sees as potential solutions to get around it in case we have to do the same thing here. Yeah. Um but he was calling on Discord, and the call really did sound good. It sounds better than most. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the ATF, alcohol. The alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Aren't they the BATF? Yeah. It's the, Didn't they add bombs to that or yeah, something? Expl- uh, they're actually the BATFE, I think. Right. They What's added the B, explosives, then? and B is for Bureau. Right. Oh, Okay. But they're here to protect us, uh, and what the ATF, uh, what most firearms owners, their their contact with the ATF is to fill out a form if you want to go to a, a registered firearms uh, company or, or, excuse me, a retailer or something like that. You fill out a form when you buy a gun. And but some children get especially like lucky and get burned alive by the ATF. That is that true. Happened in Waco. That, that did happen in Waco. Um, but the ATF has always had, and they interpret a lot of the rules that are passed by Congress. And they've had a long history of interpreting this law of what defines a firearm. And it's kind of coming under scrutiny because the ATF's definition of an AR-15 lower as a firearm is in serious trouble. So... Just to take a step back here, AR-15 is a well-known sporting rifle. It's Mm -hmm. similar to the M4, the M16, what our troops use in combat, and it looks like it. Except it doesn't have full auto. The M4 and the M16 both do. Are fully automatic. AR-15s are going to be semi-automatic because it's very difficult to purchase a fully automatic uh, weapon in the United States. You can still own them, but they have to be made before 1986 and the supply is very limited because you can't make new weapons that were made before 1986 uh so they command a very high price to produce yeah um they haven't really worked out time travel all the kinks there yet um but you also have to pay a 200 dollar tax stamp and things like that but but one of these things that came up with ar-15s are an AR-15 is actually made of two major pieces, an upper receiver where the bolt goes and the lower receiver where the magazine goes, where you insert your, your rounds and things like that. So the the theory has always been, according to the ATF and according to manufacturers as well, even though a AR-15 is two major parts, we only consider the lower receiver, the lower part, to be an actual firearm. You can have, you know, upper receivers and that includes the bolt and that includes the barrel and you have one of those by itself, it's not a firearm. Okay. But if you add in the lower receiver, well, or the, if you have a lower receiver alone and no yes, other parts. They consider just the lower receiver a firearm even though you can't fire anything out of it. Not easily. Not easily. <laughs> but the point being, yeah, it takes two pieces put together 
to become a a functioning firearm. It actually takes more than two, more than the two. You have <laughs> to have the barrel, and you have to have all the, all the you Little need tiny all parts, the parts before you, you have a gun. Yeah, um, but for their Until purposes, then you have a piece of a gun. Yeah. So their thing has always been, well, the lower receiver is what we're going to regulate. That's what we're going to track, and that's what we're going to require firearms manufacturers to stamp a serial number on, the lower receiver. And that's kind of always been the thing, but apparently there's been this discrepancy. Um, First, credit where credit is due. This comes to us from Scott Glover of CNN, who managed to turn out a excellent article about a fairly arcane aspect of guns and firearms law while getting the details right. So hats, CNN? Off, hats off to CNN. Wow. That's a notable, uh, notable feat for legacy media these days. Read the whole thing here, but I'm not going to tell that. I'm not going to. We'll post this on our website. Without that out of the way, it's easy to say. The criminal prosecution aborted, though it was, that Glover had written about is worthy of noting and could make the ATF's job of regulating AR-15 sales going forward extremely difficult. CNN's article is titled, He Sold Illegal AR-15s, Feds Agree to Let Him Go Free to Avoid Hurting Gun Control Efforts. All right. I don't know what's going to happen here, so I'm (laughs) interested to hear. Here are the particulars. A Southern California man named Joseph Rowe produced 80% AR-15 lowers and complete rifles, some of which he sold, allegedly sold, without a manufacturer's license and some allegedly to prohibited persons. Hmm. So the lower part, this part that's supposed to have a stamp on it and supposed to be certified as a firearm, you can sell them but don't complete them. If it's only 80% or less, Finished, and it doesn't have to be stamped. Doesn't have to be stamped. Doesn't have to have any. It's just a piece of metal with no moving parts at Cor- that point. There's mm-hmm. correct, and you can finish them at home legally, right. and you would have a. That's what the ghost gunner allows you to do, which we've discussed previously. The the product that makes it easy to take a eighty percent lower and mm-hmm. do the fit, the necessary finishing to it. See, the interesting thing then would be to sell the 85% lower, have your own ghost gunner, and just let the customer push the button. You could, but that that presents problems, too, that, that are too complex. But the, then they will say you are a manufacturer hmm. because you have enabled someone. But actually, this story gets into that a little bit. Um, at least a few of the guns he sold were used in crimes, including an 80% lower that was used as the basis for a rifle built in the 2013 shooting spree in Santa Monica. The ATF has been watching Roe for years and mounted a sting operation against him in 2014. They sent undercover agents into his South L.A. machine shop where he was holding what were basically build parties where customers finished lowers and assembled completed rifles. Roe was eventually arrested and charged with running an unlicensed firearm manufacturing operation. Hmm. But none of that is the interesting part of the story. The aspect that's worthy of your attention and is no doubt giving the ATF nightmares is the argument that Rose attorney made in successfully defending his client. As you probably know, the only part of an AR-15, and this is just what we have talked about, the part of the lower assembly of an AR-15 that is actually considered the firearm. Joseph Rowe was smart enough to hire a good attorney, Gregory Nicolaisen, 
Nikolaisen did his homework and actually read the federal statute that lays out what's constitutional uh, constitutes, legally speaking, a firearm, as CNN reported what Rose case came to trial in 2018. Nikolaisen argued that the definition of a receiver under the relevant federal code differed in various ways from the AR-15 component Rob was accused of manufacturing hmm. under the U.S. Code of Federal Regulations. A firearms frame or receiver is defined as, quote, the part of a firearm that provides housing for the hammer, bolt, or breech block and firing pin, and which is usually threaded at its forward portion to receive the barrel, unquote. In other words, the federal federal law doesn't accurately describe an AR-15. In other words, this law would be non-applicable if anybody challenged it. We'll and they tell did. You. And they did. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We're in our final segment, but that doesn't mean you couldn't call in and get on the air if you like. We are talking, it's a little bit arcane. but Legal definitions. Legal definitions, and I'm sorry, the government came up with it in the first place for uh, an AR-15 and for all firearms. It has to do with how they track them and how they say they have to track them because that's important to them, uh, not to me. Um, well, because but, look at how they're tracking, caught all these criminals from, oh, wait, no, the guy in Vegas, he yeah. shot up a bunch of people, all the people at the schools, that's they weren't right. caught in advance. So. Yeah. I'm not really sure what all the tracking's doing exactly. Not really doing any but if you track harder, then that'll solve it. Uh, if you get more, <laughs> more intrusive paperwork. into uh, people's lives and what tools they happen to buy, because a gun is a tool. But basically, this comes down to whether an, an AR-15 lower assembly is a firearm. And that's what the, the feds have always alleged. This is a firearm, except when you go back and you look at the actual law, an AR-15 doesn't meet doesn't meet the requirements to be a... AR-15 or a lower? An AR-15 lower assembly does not meet the requirements to be considered a firearm, mm. nor does the AR-15 upper assembly, and you got to have the upper connected to the lower to have a working gun. Neither of these pieces do. So, so if they had you, to drop the charges on this guy, well, right? They didn't want to drop the charges. They wanted... They ended up because but the other thing... But they did drop the charges. Well, well the, no, apparently no, it was he, a plea deal. he took a plea agreement because he had sold a completed AR-15. and they, Without the paperwork. Without paperwork. And what, so they had him on one aspect. They had him on that. And what they did was, and the court found this to be the case, tell you what, if you plead guilty to this charge of, of selling a completed firearm without a license... We'll just drop everything else. So this case, and that's a felony. This case will not make it into any 
any legal books. I mean, that's mm. that's the idea. They squashed right. the case. Did he plead to a felony or a misdemeanor? I don't know what the actual charge would be for uh, selling a completed firearm. They found he was guilty of selling completed firearms without a license, although it doesn't say right there whether that's a felony or not. It uh, could be. Yeah. Uh, he would be allowed to withdraw the plea if he stayed out of trouble for a year. Uh, prosecutors oh, would then okay. dismiss the case. Uh, oh, okay. oh so this is actually much better than a than a than a plea agreement. It's it's more of it's a, uh, a dismissal in the future kind of thing. Uh, yeah, there's it? there's a word there for it. A, I can't remember right. what it is. If he did this and he stayed out of jail, prosecutors would then dismiss the case. If Roe mm-hmm. abides with the deal, he will have no criminal conviction and serve no time behind bars. And this is the important part. There would be no legal precedent established by this case. Mm-hmm. They couldn't use it in the future. Sources familiar but with the, the agreement. now that the cat's out of the bag, any attorney can make the same argument. Well, so they're just they buying the, time. Well, they, until they change the definition. I mean, all right. this, this, only, this case only uh, turned on the issue of what the law said about what defines a gun or a receiver or whatever. And so the, all they got to do is just change the wording. Right. Now, that's going to be interesting because you really have a, a Congress divided. And there's there was a recent story that said no single topic divides America more. If you look at the right? election results, was mm-hmm. the results of if you looked at it under the terms of who supports gun control and who doesn't, that seems to be the, the most divisive election deciding hmm. issue out there Even well nobody else is asking yeah. me to put a noose around my neck and stand on a on a trap door right um you know that's the only issue where that's going on this is where uh we can all hope for more gridlock and that's what i want to see uh, mm. i love gridlock mm. i think it's the best uh tradition we possibly have yeah but i mean you, do you really have gridlock um i mean trump trump has not been friendly towards gun owners right oh, mm. other than banning bump stocks which aren't even firearms but Ooh. now they're magically made into uh yeah. machine guns and yes, didn't, he has uh suppressors as well didn't he do something with suppressors he said he doesn't like them and he but hasn't, he didn't he hasn't taken any action okay. yet. oh okay i thought there had been some action on suppressors yeah that's good yeah um, but it's interesting that, you know, basically if they tell, if anybody tells you that you can't have a completed AR-15 lower assembly, half of a AR-15, that's not true. Hmm. Um, and basically what you should be able to do is mail order, uh, two different pieces and stick them together. It takes about, uh, half a second to assemble an AR-15 hmm. if you had a completed lower and a completed upper and now you got a working AR-15. Then you've got it, right? Yeah, that's hmm. it. It's it's just insanity. And the insane thing is that we've allowed this to develop in the first place. Somebody voted to make these definitions. Somebody elected mm-hmm. those politicians that they trusted so much that they would do the right thing to put this insanity together. And all it did was take away people's right to easily uh, acquire a firearm. You shouldn't have to jump through hoops. You should be able to order it from the Sears Roebuck catalog like we used to be able to do. But uh, The good old days. Right. Um, but now we we rely on Washington for so much. Some people do. They believe they will keep us safe, even though they have no history of actually doing that. 
Hmm. I'm going to go to the phones where I've got Dave in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Well, by definition, uh, requiring a license to manufacture and sell firearms, by definition, is an infringement of the right to keep and bear arms. Absolutely. uh, Amen. Yeah. And what you were just talking about uh, ties into something that was on my list from a couple days ago. So let me fire on that right now. In Germany, they do not recognize precedent. The Hmm. courts there do not get to set precedent. Every question that comes before any court is compared to law written by the people's representatives, theoretically, the legislature, parliament. And so every case that comes in is compared to, is judged against the statute or the code and not against any previous judge's wrong or errant decision. So so we've had this discussion a little bit. and there was a story about Trump's um, Trump challenging, basically, the Supreme Court is going to look at whether precedent should be considered. And hmm. there was some disagreement, I think, about whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. And I'm I'm open to that. But go ahead. Are you arguing yeah, my, that this is a good thing or not, David? My, my argument has been, I, like, like all, I, I never thought about any of this until my government trafficked my children illegally. Mm-hmm. Then I started thinking about it, and, what, and, and uh, one day it occurred to me that we should not have precedent. Every question, it should be like Germany. Every question that comes before the court should be compared to the statute, and, and the judge decide, judge or jury Judge and or jury decides, you know, how this case goes based right. on the law so, and not by looking at some previous judge's decision. And then that was my um, argument, if, too, was are they just being lazy? Um, I, don't, I, I don't think they're being lazy. I think it's conspiratorial. I think that th- that's a good way to have uh, ju- the courts be able to make law. And the court is not supposed to be able to, to make law. The court is supposed to be just a GD referee. They're, not, they're just supposed to referee the game. That's mm. what they're supposed to do. But that's not what they're doing. They're, they're trying to make law. And so they're getting two bites. To, hey, lawyers out there, to throw this back in your face, judges, you're getting two bites at the apple. Right. And all these legal a-holes know what that means. You only get one bite at the apple in this case, and that's the legislature. When the people speak through their representatives and the representatives make don't. the law, right. that's the law, not what you say, judges. Okay, real quick, Rich, uh, nobody, I uh, I think you came up with a, an argument for um, for precedent, that it could be a good thing. Well, I mean, there's something to be said for the idea of uh, stare decisis because it gives you something to rely on. Stare decisis is Latin, and it means let the judgment stand. Um, but then again, certainly when judge, when when courts err, uh, that's something. And a great example of this is the one where they found that a man growing wheat on his own land David, for his own farm animals was engaged in, uh, interstate, in commerce. interstate commerce. Then it should definitely be overruled. I don't really know the answer. Overrule them all. Eight fifty five, four fifty free. That you're not going to get us tonight. But thank you for listening. This is Free Talk Live.
Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com You love Bitcoin. It's the future, right? Well, no, not if everyone stops using it. I mean, think about it. How many places in your town take Bitcoin? One? None? Let's be real. If this Bitcoin thing is ever going to happen, it's going to need your help. The good news is, the guys at AnyPay have your back. We built a website called HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. And it's a place you can send any business. And they'll be set up to take Bitcoin in five minutes. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com.